Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind, Healthy Life with your host Avik. This podcast is all about exploring the latest research, sharing personal stories and providing personal tips for improving our mental health and well-being. Each episodes will be joined by experts in the field of mental health as well as individuals who have experienced the transformative power of a healthy mind firsthand. Together we will dive into a range of topics from managing stress and anxiety to building resilience and cultivating happiness. So, join us on this journey to discover new ways to take care of our minds, bodies and souls and let's work together to create a healthier, happier world one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hello and welcome to Healthy Mind Healthy Life. I'm your host Avik and today we are honored to have our guest Kara Bell. Welcome to the show Kara. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Lovely. So Kara like before we start our conversation I would love to mention this to all of our listeners that Kara is a seasoned speaker, author, act- activist, educator with over 15 years of experience in gender equity. sexual harassment prevention which we often call posh as well uh, and uh, assertiveness so her book drowning in uh, timidity explores the transformative power of the assertive living so her insights go beyond academia like offering practical steps for empowerment safety and the well-being So join us as Kara shares her expertise on assertiveness and its impact on our mental health. So welcome to the show again, Kara. Thank you so much. I'm really happy um, to to be talking about this, and I actually love making it really accessible to the general audience. Lovely. That's it's really lovely. Yeah. So Kara, like your work uh, <clears throat> revolves around the transformative power of the assertive living. So for our listeners like if you could provide a brief overview of what assertive living entails and uh, why it's essential for personal and the professional growth sure sure um so i think it might be helpful to define assertiveness since there are many impressions about it um and some people think it's a negative which is of course not how i view assertiveness right so um i don't mean aggression or aggressiveness and um sometimes that gets conflated with assertiveness and it's not a call for a more aggressive workplace or demeanor assertiveness really is if you think of a spectrum from engaging passively which would maybe be not engaging passive aggressively which is indirect and unclear sometimes there is then assertiveness and then on the other end of the spectrum is aggressiveness right so we want to be assertive most of the time and that just means we are showing up we are engaging as appropriate for whatever our role is in either the workplace or the relationship we're being clear um it can be very efficient actually because we're not being indirect and we're not making assumptions and we're not asking someone to you know read what's in our mind um and we're articulating our wants and our needs while respecting the rights and the needs of others lovely 
understood so um with your extensive experience in the gender equity how does assertiveness play a role in addressing and also overcoming the challenges that um individuals especially women face in various aspects of their lives yes um it it can be hard um the more you are outnumbered in a profession or in the workplace or in a meeting right so i mean sometimes our work takes us different places and so it can be intimidating it can be unwelcoming sometimes to know that um people who share aspects of your identity are not in the room so assertiveness is about how we choose to engage even in those scenarios. Assertiveness is uh, what we can bring to the table, what we can control, because there's a lot about how other people are showing up and maybe the stereotypes they hold or the bias they're bringing in that we actually cannot control. You know, I mean, I wish we could, excuse me, I wish we could educate them while doing whatever the meeting is about, but that's unrealistic. So what can we do? We can control how we show up. We can shape how we communicate. And so that's where assertiveness um, can help address some of those gaps, challenge assumptions in an appropriate way. It's Again, it's not about being hostile, um, but we're going to do what we have been asked to do. We're going to do the job we've been hired to do. We're not going to shy away from that. We're going to contribute to the dialogue, to the decision-making, and that is... Um, the, the showing up part is assertiveness. We're engaging assertively because there are going to be a lot of reasons for us to hesitate or withdraw. Um, for women, especially, you know, it, it varies by culture. It definitely does. But there's a lot of uh, politeness that's expected of women, and they can over apply that uh, approach where it's where it's getting in your way professionally. If you're not engaging, if you're not speaking up, if you're not raising you know, your hand, if you're not weighing in, if you're not disagreeing with people sometimes, you might need to disagree with people sometimes. You know, we, we have our own thoughts and feelings all of the time, but it's about bringing those to the surface, speaking them out loud more quickly, not thinking about them days later and thinking, oh, I wish I would have said that, or they didn't understand where I was coming from. Assertiveness means we're sitting there and we're going to have the conversation, even if we need to bring the point back up or pause. And actually, you know, we can really do this in pairs or in groups because I often find myself um, having now become assertive and done these trainings and, you know, really seeing the dynamics play out in the room, doing things like, you know, um, Amira said this. I want to come back to her point. I think we, I think she got interrupted and, and talked over, and I think she had a really good thing to contribute. So you actually can help shift back and work in pairs or in, in small groups and help other women or help other people who are not naturally as assertive while they learn to be on their own assertiveness journey. Um, and it can be, um, you know, really changing, right? We want to address dynamics and address bias. But if you do it angrily, you're going to get a reputation for being difficult. So assertiveness can be um, this kind of gentle correction or a strategy for inclusion um, that can change the decisions being made in the workplace, brings this diverse perspectives to light, which is what we're really hoping for. 
exactly exactly i understood yeah so uh, <clears throat> here like uh, your book uh, drowning in timidity so it explores the theme of uh, woman politeness and uh, the power of assertive living so if you could also share some of the key insights like from your book and how it relates to uh, our conversation on the empowerment through assertiveness Sure. Um, the book came about because I, you know, I have my like main job that I do that is that is in academia and is specifically focused on working on a college campus. But I found myself um, being sought out to have these informal conversations, mostly with women, not only with women, but but primarily with um, women who were unsure of how to approach conversations in and outside of the workplace. So the book really is not written from an academic tone of voice. It's meant to be a practical guide, a quick read. It's got some worksheets in there um, because realizing that, you know, none of us mm. ever got this training right. and they, and we're looking for tips. So um, some chapters are on working with, you know, your, the family you marry into. Other chapters are um, focused on the workplace. Others are talking about our relationship with friends. Others are, are focused on um, how we're engaging in working communities that, that may be, um, activist it may not be but we're we're in relationships we're in communication all day every day in and outside of the workplace um and clear communication fair communication um voicing what is missing from a dynamic our relationships can help us live authentically and and actually more efficiently with less resentment, which helps reduce anxiety, reduce depression, um, you know, reduce insomnia. So I really do view it as key to really healthy practice um, and improving all of our relationships and, and maximizing our persuasion as well. And so it is just about not engaging in self-sacrifice all the time, because when one person is doing that in a relationship, the relationship's really unbalanced, right? We don't want one person getting their needs met and the other one feeling neglected. The relationship becomes unhealthier over time if you're not engaging assertively. And so again, you know, the assertive approach is I'm going to say what I need. I'm going to address it when I'm ready, not necessarily speaking without thinking but when you when you think i need to come back to this you know the decision that was made didn't include what i was needing or i felt like i didn't have an opportunity to say when i wanted so it's it's really about not burying or neglecting or ignoring um problems hopefully when they're small so they don't turn into something that's much more challenging or insurmountable exactly exactly true so uh, your expertise also lies in sexual harassment and assault prevention. So uh, how does uh, assertiveness intersect uh, with creating a safer environment and uh, what kind of role can it play in personal safety? Sure. Assertiveness really can do one of two things, right? There's two different approaches. One is in our personal um risk reduction or safety practices. The other is how we can engage standards and help others. So first though, let's talk about what it can do for ourselves. 
It sometimes, and I want to be clear about this because in no way do I want to sound like I'm blaming the victim. Sometimes people are just intent on violating our boundaries and committing harm. And no matter how we respond, they might be able to do it anyway. So sometimes assertiveness is not going to save us, unfortunately, from some of these harms. But there is a lot of research that setting boundaries and doing that early when someone is behaving inappropriately can disrupt and prevent further harm. And so when it's safe to do so, when um, when you do feel able to just say, you know, I'm uncomfortable or please do not touch me, or you shouldn't say things like that. Those approaches early on have been shown to be very effective. They correct the behavior. You can do that privately. You can do that publicly. If they're misbehaving, I'm actually not so worried about how we make them feel. I'm worried about your safety, your comfort, your well-being. So that's the main priority in the approach. But there has been... um, there has been research on this to be academic for a minute. So I want you to know, I'm not just um, telling you from personal experience, although I will echo that in personal experience, setting that boundary and articulating that early in a relationship, I think let the other person know that I'm not a person that you're going to be touching or making inappropriate comments to or worse. So that's that's one thing, right? Just state, say the word stop, say, tell them they're making you uncomfortable. That is very clear so that they can't later on say they misunderstood, right? I mean, if you do find yourself in a situation where you would want to file a report or participate in some sort of investigation, those are key moments that are very helpful. So It's useful in a lot of ways. It's useful as a strategy to put a stop to the bad behavior, but it may really help you if if some sort of formal action needs to be taken later on. And we are seeing more and more of that take place in the workplace, documenting incidents of sexual harassment. And then, you know, the for us, it, it, it's typically in a department called human resources, or mm-hmm. um, if we have federal laws, which we do in the U.S., uh, protecting people against sexual harassment, the, the offices, the people charged with that kind of compliance will ask questions about like, did you tell them to stop? And so that can be really key um, in addressing behavior in those situations. Now, in the other way, we're all bystanders. We're all just navigating the world, right? Like, so we see things happen that are inappropriate. We might be in a position of safety or comfort, or we might be higher in the workplace hierarchy where we can speak out with fewer repercussions than the person who's being targeted or harmed. And that I really wish we would do more of, right? And that's that's also hard. I mean, I understand it can be uncomfortable and we're really um, often taught to mind our own business and not get in to other interactions that don't involve us. But if we're going to change the world, if we're going to change our workplace cultures, if we're going to address this behavior, we all have a role to play. And so assertiveness could be that speaking up and it could be in the moment or it could be talking to the person who was behaving badly and committing the sexual harassment later on and saying, hey, we don't tolerate that in this workplace. You know, I think you were making that person uncomfortable and that's really not um, appropriate when they're here just trying to do their job. 
you know, if people want to flirt or make, you know, romantic or sexual propositions, there is a time and a place for that. And work is not it, you know, so you can actually have a very calm conversation about sexism and sexual harassment in the workplace. It doesn't have to be, um, dramatic or volume, you know, like yelling at a person, it can be really simple and matter of fact. And actually that's often more difficult for them to sit through and defend themselves because they're not being attacked. You're just approaching it from a place of concern. Um, And it can be concern for their own professional career as well, because, you know, as we've reduced stigma for coming forward and saying that these things are happening and happening to us, we are seeing um, careers, mostly of men, but women can commit sexual harassment too, I want to be clear, of men having impact on their careers. You know, we see the headlines, we see action taken, we see them losing um, endorsement deals and movie roles, you know, um, Me Too happened globally. And and that, that reckoning that came with this um, continues to unfold. So, you know, it can be helpful to some of our colleagues to say, hey, that's what they're talking about when they're talking about sexual harassment. Um, And you're not going to find yourself in a good spot if you have to defend that type of behavior. So it just needs to stop. So assertiveness for personal risk reduction is one tactic. Assertiveness for speaking up on behalf of others. Um, These are the things that can make those small changes in our day-to-day interactions that can make a huge difference to the people who've been experiencing sexual harassment for decades. Exactly. So like uh, also like burnout and loneliness are the challenges faced by many high achieving individuals. So how can this assertiveness serve as a tool for overcoming these challenges and um, also fostering a healthier mindset? Sure. Um, You know, burnout is unfortunately widespread and increasingly common. And assertiveness can help you address burnout by being a tool that helps you articulate the boundaries you need in the workplace, right? For for the conditions that you need to be really productive at work. So this actually um, maximizes productivity in the long run for the company if we're not creating conditions that burn out all of our employees, right? And a lot of us learn this the hard way. I mean, I certainly did. Um, I would say I had my, my peak burnout phase of my career probably back in 2015. You know, um, I'm in my mid 40s at this point. So the career, you know, has now covered many years. But I was just working, 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 working and doing as much work as I thought needed to be done and as my workplace thought needed to be done. Right. And I have a cause that's my job. I feel very passionate about it. So, um, you know, people who do work that they care deeply about are, are prone to burnout. But I just, you know, finally had to get to that point of exhaustion and it was kind of unwell, you know, I'd like lost a lot of weight, but I noticed I was very distracted. I was not feeling energetic at all about coming to work. That's not bringing my best self to the work, right? And I also wasn't bringing my best self to my relationships, to my family, you know, I mean, to my, as a pet mom, you know, because I'm distracted and tired and unfocused and then it d- disrupts your sleep. So, 
Assertiveness is about creating boundaries a lot of the time. And, you know, you're going to have varying ability to do that. Sometimes we have more authority at work. Um, sometimes we have less. So sometimes we're asking to be able to set those boundaries. Sometimes we are just setting those boundaries ourselves, but we have to maintain them. So assertiveness would be the personal work that would be, I realize I need to change some things. And I'm going to prepare a conversation with the people in my life who I need to work with me to create those changes. I then am going to ask for the time for the conversation or the meeting. I'm then going to go into that conversation and I have to I have to hold firm, right? I have to have the nerve, the, the strength um, to say what I need out loud. And that's assertiveness. And I'm then going to say it and ask for what I need, which might be fewer hours. It might be some more flexibility. Um, we, you know, we now can work remote much more than we did even five, 10 years ago. So that's really helped a, with a lot of um, work conditions that were just really draining for people to just have to go day in, be in the office all this time. This has really improved um, parents' ability to um, be better parents and, and have more workplace flexibility, but really it's benefiting all of us because there's a lot of work I can do from home on a day where I might otherwise take a sick day and need to not be in the office. I can also not expose my coworkers to germs, you know, and spread um, illness and, and things. So there's a lot of healthy practices for both mental and physical health to be had if we have the nerve to ask for it. Um, so it would it could be using any time off that you are entitled to in your workplace, um, asking for some reassignments, asking for some colleagues to be able to help work on a project, asking for an extension of a deadline. Um, the nerve to ask and the ability to have those conversations with those decision makers is engaging assertively. I do recommend you do preparation and focus on your ask right at the beginning of the meeting. Where we are less persuasive sometimes is if we do this kind of slow or long buildup to the ask. And I know why we're doing that. People want to like people want to justify what they're asking for. But if we're getting you a yes to that ask, the research shows that being really efficient with the ask is your is your best method. Is that I'm going to ask for it and then explain why. Or, or I'm going to ask for it, see what their answer is, and then give them as much information as they want or need. They might not want a 30-minute explanation of why you're asking. It might be a yes, absolutely, because that person is not, is, is not truly primed to say no the way we might imagine they are, right? They actually want, what do they want? They want a good work product. So appeal to that which they'll then think like their job is to help you deliver that. So it's a little bit of reframing. You got to be assertiveness or you got to be assertive, but you also want to be persuasive. So how are we going to do that? You're going to lead with your ask. You're going to have like maybe three, five points of why it's a good thing to do or why they should agree to it. But you don't want to go on and on and on um, giving them more information than they need because that's giving them more time to think and disagree with you as well. So assertiveness is showing up clearly, recognizing your wants, your needs. I mean, burnout 
if, if we're addressing burnout, that's a need, that's a health concern, that's a workplace productivity concern. So it's very justified to address it, but it's knowing that, asking, waiting for the answer without undermining your own argument. Because sometimes we make the ask and then we'll be like, or this, or that. Don't do that until you're negotiating. Don't negotiate before they've started a negotiation, right? If we need to negotiate for a lesser ask, we can do that. But assertiveness means that you do feel entitled and you make that ask and you do so clearly and fairly. That's lovely. So, um, that's that's really lovely like uh, you are known for few, uh, in i mean infusing uh, topics tough topics with the humor so how does the humor play a role in uh, handling tough conversations and what advice do you have for our listeners in approaching difficult discussions with the positive mindset yes that that's hard that that is most effective when you have time to be thoughtful in your preparation, okay? Because we don't want to offend someone. So we have to be careful that we, like the jokes we're making, the humor, the warmth that we're infusing is uh, striking the right tone, right? We don't want to appear indifferent. As you mentioned earlier, my main job, the work I do is focused on sexual harassment. And that is a very sensitive issue. Right. I could be, I, I have a lot of room to be frustrated and angry about that because I have a full-time job, uh, you know, addressing this and we're not making progress very quickly. So there are plenty of times where I'm frustrated and I could be very negative or angry when communicating about that and feel justified in that approach, but that's not my most effective way to get what I want. What do I need? I need people to care. I need people to prioritize this issue. I need people to change their behavior. And yelling at them is not the most effective way to do that. Um, I might feel really justified in the anger that comes with working on this issue. But the, the positive appeal and occasional humor is disarming to people who are worried they're gonna be in trouble. People are worried they're doing something wrong or they're getting it wrong. Men in particular, and especially men in, in the workplace of a certain age, know that norms have changed and behavioral expectations are changing. And they might have feelings about that that include you know, fear, apprehension, um, misunderstanding, they might be disgruntled about that, right? So to reach them whose behavior I might need to change or whose authority in the workplace is um, the gatekeeper, right, to, to creating different conditions, I have to be persuasive to them. So the assertiveness means I keep showing up. I am persistent. That's assertiveness too. You know, like I'm, I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come to another meeting. I don't always get people to do what I want in one meeting, you know, or one phone call. Sometimes I have to accept that they don't agree with me, but then I come back, you know, when the time is right, a few weeks later, maybe a year later, I keep coming back where I'm not going to let this go because I still care about this. I still need some change. And so sometimes the humor is just like, hello, hi it's me again. And they're like, 
hello, you know, and I'm like, I really want to get on your agenda, but I'm, I'm, I'm smiling and I'm acting like I know I'm bothering them a little bit, but here I am. And that is a better approach. Make it easy for them to say yes. Make it harder for them to say no. Um, or I act, you know, like hands on my hips. That's kind of what I'm doing over here. I act like I know they think some of this um, is silly, but here we are, right? And you know, it's still on the agenda. They know their professions, their professional associations are talking about this. So I make appeals to them that they can't deny, right? It's not me, Kara, is the only person who thinks this is important. Now they know that we need to work on this, that there's more work to do, right? So especially where I'm talking to a lot of people who work in science and medicine and engineering, those remain um, male-dominated professions. Those also are professions that have a lot of um, bullying and sexual harassment occurring within them. I'm not the only person saying so. So when I appeal to them and I'm teasing them a little bit about like, now you know there's a lot to do. Or I make this approach where I say, I know you're not the problem, but there are problems in the field nonetheless. Now, actually, some of them are the problem. Let's be clear, right? But they don't always know that about themselves. And that makes it more comfortable for them to have the conversation when it's not them that I'm attacking personally. And if I can make jokes about a very tough topic, that lets people you know, unclench their jaw, release their shoulders, feel a bit more comfortable about having the conversations about what is and is not appropriate anymore. And here's what I am seeing and here's what I'm not seeing when people are coming to talk to me. So the, the humor is crucially important actually to getting the walls down so that people can have the conversation and that they can see where my heart is in the work, right? Why I'm in the job, what we're talking about, what people want from them. It's not for them to just leave the workplace. I'm not trying to actually get people fired or terminated from their job. We're not really most of the time trying to put people in prison or go to court. So I need them to understand what it is people want when they work with an office like mine, the one that I lead, which is that they really just want the uncomfortable behavior to stop. The people want to do what they came to the school I work at to do. They want to do the job they came to do. They want to be able to study free from harassment. That's a much smaller ask um, than I think people are imagining. So if I can make a very tough topic more comfortable to discuss, I can increase understanding. I can get some buy-in for the behavior. So the assertive part of that is I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm going to approach the tough topic. I'm going to make them slightly uncomfortable, but not really uncomfortable. And I'm going to work in spaces for laughter because it's so useful to getting people to engage with me. Lovely. That's really lovely. Great. And uh, thank you so much for joining today. And uh, dear listeners, like uh, this is, this is an enriching conversation that has um, unraveled the power of assertiveness and unlocking personal and the professional growth. So a special thank uh, to Kara for sharing her wisdom and the insights on this transformative journey. So all of thank you, like, yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. So uh, if if you have found this episode enlightening and 
do not forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. So your support definitely keeps us filled to bring you conversation that empower and inspire. So as we conclude, remember that assertiveness is not just a skill. It's a mindset that can shape a more confident and fulfilled life. So uh, take Kara's insights to heart and let them guide you on your journey of empowerment. So thank you for being a part of Healthy Mind and Healthy Life community. Until next time, prioritize your well-being, embrace the assertiveness and continue thriving with intention and resilience. Stay healthy, stay mindful and keep unleashing your empowerment. Thank you so much.